Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fesky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Jennifer Mead, President of the Breast and Skeletal Health Division at Hologic. Thanks to you, Jennifer, for joining us today. Thank you. Um, so you are relatively recent to your, to your position. Um, you were promoted to the position of President of the Breast and Skeletal Health Division in August of last year, 2020. Uh, what are your top priorities for that segment of Hologic in 2021 and beyond? Yes, thanks, Sean, and thanks very much for having me. Um, I've actually been part of Hologic for many years now, and it's a real privilege to be in a position to lead this business now. Um, and as you mentioned, I was promoted to the role about five months ago. I point to mm -hmm. a few areas of focus for me and the team right now. First and foremost, we at Hologic are the global champions for women's health. Um, and I'm proud to say that no other medical device company has such a focus on improving outcomes for women, and we take that very seriously. I, I think that a lot of people know about the importance of early detection in improving outcomes for breast cancer, and unfortunately, we saw a significant slowdown in preventive care as a result of the global pandemic. Couple that with what we know about disparities in access to care, as well as overall challenges with driving compliance and annual screening, and we felt the need to put some focused effort around that over the past few months. And secondly, we're highly focused on innovating across the breast care continuum. We are the leaders mm -hmm. in this space, and we're constantly looking at ways to improve outcomes, to make care more efficient and cost-effective, and to improve the patient experience to encourage better compliance, stemming back to my, my point a minute ago. And so we've made significant progress in all of these areas, and yet there is honestly still so much opportunity. Uh, I do expect that we'll continue to see a shift towards more personalized care, and we're focused on staying at the forefront of this, delivering, again, superior outcomes, but based on what's needed for that patient. I mean, you look right. at areas like, you know, artificial intelligence and decision support, treatment. These are all areas that we're working on as evidenced by our recent launch of Genius AI Detection. And we also build our solutions in an integrated way, which drives a much more seamless workflow for our customers. And these innovations might be developed internally. We have a very robust innovation engine. Or we might look outside for opportunities to enhance the portfolio, as we did with the recent acquisition of Somatech earlier this month. Um, I also want to yeah. focus, you know, I'm saying it last, but it really comes first, try to highlight, um, highlight the focus on our people, as people honestly are what make everything else possible. And so attracting top talent to our organization and investing in them drives growth for our people, but it also drives growth for our business and ultimately makes a significant impact on women's health through those solutions that we create and bring to market. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you do mention, you know, you mentioned – uh, uh, the impact the pandemic has had on breast health and, and screenings and things like that, certainly uh, a horrible situation made, wor you know, uh, made worse because of, the, of, of those types of uh, uh, effects uh, as well. But what, exactly how, right. has, how have you reacted to uh, the pandemic with regards to uh, your employees? You know, you mentioned your employees. How has the pandemic affected you from a – uh, a medical device company standpoint. I mean, you know, how has the shift been working from home, things like that? What's, <laughs> what's that impact been like? It's been an interesting year for sure. Um, you know, a few different things I'll, I'll say about 
a logic in our response to the pandemic in general. Um, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of our organization. Our diagnostics division, as you may know, um, developed and released a highly effective COVID test pretty early on in the pandemic. And, and that has done right. uh, wonders. It's made a significant impact on the availability of testing and the capacity for testing um, in the U.S. and globally, which you just think about the impact that that has had on human health, right, and, and helping people, um, you know, know when they need to quarantine and helping people, you know, understand if they can travel and get back to work and all, all those sorts of things. And that's, that's been a significant impact um, on the mm -hmm. pandemic, and it's also been a, a, a very – um, you know, good overall impact for the organization. I, I think in the early days of the pandemic, a lot of organizations were struggling with what exactly the impact would be on the business and, and how do we think about, um, you know, as you mentioned, shift to work from home and the technology involved with that and, and how do we think about our folks out in the field and keeping them safe. And so a lot went into that and making sure that we were well prepared, um, that we had guidelines out to employees to keep them safe. Um, and then a, a lot of investment in remote capabilities and being able to present solutions to our customers virtually, um, you know, being able to leverage some of our, our technology to help our customers. Um, and I, I'm very proud to say a lot of what we've been focused on has actually been even more important during the pandemic, things like integrated solutions, things that improve workflow, can reduce the second visit, all things that help our customers manage their patient flow. Um, and, and mm -hmm. help them keep patients safe. We also worked quite a bit um, with our customers, with some of our thought leaders out across the country when things were just starting to open back up for them to be able to, you know, think about and advise their peers and how do you reopen your facility and welcome patients back? How do you think about scheduling? How do you think about social distancing guidelines and cleaning protocols right. and all the things that go into making that safe for patients again? Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot a lot to process, and I'm sure that uh, you know the the physicians and the the healthcare facilities that you work with, I'm sure appreciate any sort of guidance that <laughs> you're able to provide as well, because you know a lot of everyone's kind of going through this the first time, so there's no real there's no guidebook. Um, that's so right. that's great hopefully the last time. <laughs> hopefully the last yeah, time too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but exactly. we, yeah, we're, you're certainly seeing the impact of it, right? We we have seen a significant recovery. You know, we watch very closely mammography volumes um, as an indication mm -hmm. of what's going on out there. We've seen that recover pretty well. Um, not not 100% everywhere, but but it's definitely come back in a big way, and we've seen it sustained relatively well, even as we're dealing with some of the surges that we're seeing now. So you, you can see that those efforts are paying off and, and folks are much better prepared today than we were back in March or April when everything started. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's good to see that, you know, people are returning to, to getting these important screenings. Um, yeah. So you, you, you briefly mentioned the uh, Somatex uh, acquisition. Can you uh, speak to the, you know, a little bit about the reason behind that, you know, what was, what was the uh, interest uh, in that company, and where do you see that acquisition fitting into a, you know, a larger plan? Yes, uh, we did some shopping over the holidays for sure. We, we actually closed <laughs> that right around the new year. Um, so what I'll say about Somatex is they're a leader in biopsy site markers and localization technologies. And then they're a company that we've actually had a very strong partnership with for several years as we distributed their two-mark tissue markers within the United States. So that's been part of our portfolio um, for several years now. 
Um, and as a result of the acquisition, now that entire portfolio that they have will enable us to strengthen and further expand our breast marker portfolio, which is a consistent growth driver for us in the U.S. It also lets us enhance our sales presence in Europe by expanding our direct channel in Germany, which is where Somatex is based, as well as our network of regional and international distributors. Uh, the other part of that, going back to people, is I'm, I'm really excited for the strong capabilities that the Somatex team bring to this space. We're always striving to provide the most innovative solutions across that entire care continuum, and that the acquisition of Somatex will gain those capabilities that will allow us to continue to grow the portfolio um, with the company's minimally invasive devices for tumor diagnostics, biopsy, and mm -hmm. interventional specialties. And I, and I see, you know, the, the kind of marriage of, of those capabilities that we're gaining from our new team members from Somatex with, with the rest of our R&D capabilities will, will help us accelerate in those spaces. That's great. And then uh, not, an, not an acquisition, but certainly an opportunity to expand uh, your, your reach, and that was uh, with regard to a collaboration you announced uh, last year where you're working with RADnet on an artificial intelligence-based initiative. Can you uh, talk about that? I sure can. Um, RADnet, as you may know, is a leading national provider of outpatient diagnostic imaging services. And they actually generate approximately 1.2 million annual screening mammograms, which is just a tremendous amount of data and volume. Wow. Yeah, you can, and you can imagine when you're developing artificial intelligence algorithms, the criticality of having access to a very robust data set, right? The more robust your data set, the stronger those algorithms become. And so by combining our market-leading hardware and software with the data from the largest fleet of high-resolution 3D mammography systems in the country, we're able to develop new tools across, again, that continuum of care that will help us find more cancers and provide those workflow efficiencies. Now, RADnet also provides in-depth knowledge of the patient pathway through their practice and the workflow needs to ensure that as we do create these AI-based innovations, we're doing that in a way that has a positive and useful impact across the breast care continuum. Right. You know, what I'll say is, Beyond the products themselves, you know, obviously there's a lot of focus on developing the tools and, and the AI algorithms, but the partnership also helps build clinician confidence and in integration of AI technologies in breast health, which we believe is key as we think about ensuring that all women have access to the best solutions and outcomes available. So, you know, we're getting access to RADnet's data and their partnership and expertise. They are also working to upgrade their entire fleet of hologic mammography systems to feature our 3D quorum imaging technology, which works with Clarity HD high-resolution imaging. And so that is just a tremendously superior um, image detection coupled with technology that reduces reading volume for the radiologist. It's really a win-win on both sides. So the AI is really focused in on uh, more of a diagnostic uh, application? Yeah, so AI is, is built into quite a bit of what we do. Um, when you think about um, you know, 3D Quorum, which I just mentioned, that is something, if you think about looking at a, a tomosynthesis image, think about it like a book. And so if you use a standard 2D image, you can see the front and back of that book, right? Mm -hmm. By doing a 3D scan, you actually you get to see every page of that book. And there's a tremendous amount of, of data on those pages. 
from a radiologist right. perspective, we, we can actually reduce some of the burden associated with reading every page by pulling what's of interest on those pages and, and building them into what we call smart slices. So it's reducing the number of pages you read, but it's capturing all of the relevant data from those more granular views. So that's something that helps to um, improve the workflow for the radiologist without losing the clinical outcomes that you want to get. Yeah, so the, so the AI is basically looking almost like a slice-by-slice slice, uh, right. review of, of each scan uh, and, then, and then, you know, highlighting uh, for the radiologist kind of like, hey, double-check this or, That's right. you know, here's something that, okay. Fun so, yeah, so yeah. it definitely <laughs> reduces. Yeah. Um, is, is Hologic, uh, you know, AI still relatively new, of course. You know, we're, we're in the infant, infancy uh, across the medical device industry. Is Hologic seeing opportunities where it can leverage AI uh, in other applications or with other technologies? Most definitely. Um, so Genius AI is our core artificial intelligence platform designed mm -hmm. to provide, again, that, that advanced cancer detection, the operational efficiency, and clinical decision support. In early December of last year, we announced the FDA clearance and commercial availability of our new Genius AI detection technology, which is a new deep learning-based software that aids radiologists detecting those subtle cancers when used with the Genius 3D mammography exam. Moving forward, we will continue to apply the Genius AI platform across the breast health continuum to further advance detection of cancer um, it's a key part, I think, of building those integrated solutions that I mentioned earlier. And you can imagine the power of combining best-in-class imaging technology with these detection and decision support tools. So I, I do believe that we'll see AI play a bigger and bigger role in helping bridge some of that continuum and, and workflow across the solutions, as well as driving even better decision support for physicians. Right. Great. Um, so... You know, you kind of you kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, how is how is Hologic or does Hologic see opportunities, uh, you know, beyond the technology or or uh, in conjunction with the technology you offer um, to you know help increase the the screenings uh, by women uh, for regular uh, to get these regular breast cancer screenings? I mean, you know. Um, certainly a very important diagnostic, certainly important to get this done regularly. Uh, is Hologic, has Hologic seen opportunities in which it can help maybe partner with healthcare providers on increasing, maybe not increasing frequency, increasing consistency of the, yeah. the screenings? Yeah, I think it's both. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, okay. um, you can, yeah, absolutely. I think there are a lot of opportunities. Um, so if you think about it, you know, making sure that women have access and are compliant <laughs> is, is step one. Uh, you can have the right. best, you know, protocol or technology in the world, but if women aren't going in and getting their exams, so that, you know, you, you don't see much benefit from it. Um, so you know, think about it from both the provider and the patient perspective. So for the provider, our goal is to provide innovations that improve the workflow and reduce their costs, which in turn, if you think about it, allows those facilities to better meet the needs of their patients, um, making mm -hmm. sure that they have more seamless workflow, making sure that they can bring as many patients through the door as possible. Um, so we talked a little bit about, you know, the 3D quorum imaging technology that makes the radiologist more efficient, 
that helps the patient, right? It's a quicker turnaround on reading. It can be more patient right. throughput. Um, we have solutions like our Unify Analytics platform, which provides centers with insights into the use of their technology, things like technologist performance, things like proactive device maintenance to make sure that when you have a scheduled exam, the equipment is up and running and ready to go so you can follow through with that exam. Those all go a long way to ensuring that our facilities and our providers are well-suited to meet the needs of the patient. And when it comes to the patient, you know, we're, we're well aware that there are a variety of barriers that could be stopping someone from getting their mammogram. In particular, many women have avoided regular mammograms due in large part to the fear of discomfort associated with the compression of the breast during the screening exam. And okay. so things like our smart curve breast stabilization system were designed with the patient in mind. And, and the smart curve system features a proprietary curved surface that essentially mirrors the shape of a woman's breast which does two things. It, it, number one, reduces some of the pinching that can happen under compression, and it also allows for better distribution of force during compression, which, which effectively, you know, in layman's terms, just simply makes it, it it's less um, uncomfortable when you're under compression. Mm -hmm. um, and so that system, the smart curve system, was clinically proven to deliver a more comfortable mammogram, but the very important part is that it does so without compromising image quality. We never want to compromise the clinical outcome. And so as part of that solution, we adjusted our software to work in tandem with the curved shape of the paddle to make sure that we were delivering that same high standard of image quality. So that, that's, that's an example. Another I would point to that's related to the technology itself is with our Genius 3D exam, the reduction of unnecessary recalls. And so what that means is you go in for a screening exam and, and some you know, subset of women will be contacted to come back in for additional imaging, potentially for a biopsy, and sometimes those turn out to be false alarms or false positives. Right. And so if you put yourself in the position of that patient, the stress and the anxiety that comes with that callback for, for the patient and for her family is significant. And to go through that and find that it was a, a false alarm may have an impact on that woman's compliance going forward. And so, you know, by increasing cancer detection with our platform, but then also reducing unnecessary callbacks, that I think is a tremendous win for women um, in becoming more compliant with those exams. I think the other thing yeah, I would call yeah. out there, yeah, I, I, it's, we focus, you know, a lot of this conversation I think is focused on the U.S. market, um, but the U.S. is in much better shape with compliance overall than, than women are globally. And so, you know, we also think about, you know, how do we drive global access? I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity outside the states to improve compliance and access to screening as well. If you are, want to look, is, uh, you know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, is, is for, you know, for remote regions, for, for international, is there an opportunity or is there a technology that's being uh, developed or perhaps available, I do apologize for not being intimately familiar with the product lineup, uh, but is there uh, mobile uh, uh, platform opportunities in, in with respect to that where at least you're getting, it may not be as good as the, you know, the standing, you know, in office, in hospital mm -hmm. diagnostic, but at least it's better than nothing at all. Is there an opportunity for mobile platforms? 
Oh, absolutely. And, and we, have, we have mobile um, services in the United States and in other parts of the world as well. So that, that is something that happens today, particularly when you think about um, you know, areas where you may not have as much access to the facility, more, more rural areas where, where you simply, you know, it's, it's not as, as accessible. You know, you don't have a hospital down mm-hmm. the street to go get imaging. Um, and it's, it's highly effective. It's the same, you know, standard of, of care and the same standard of equipment that goes on those mobile units. I think, you know, the, the challenges of each market are, are unique, right? And so we look a lot right. at, you know, what are those local challenges, whether it's access to radiologists, whether it's, um, you know, reimbursement or, or national guidelines, and, and really think about how we develop technologies that are going to advance the standard of care in each of those markets. Um, right. You know, I will, I will also say just beyond technology and devices, because um, that was part of your question as, as well. You know, as I mentioned before, we're really committed to ensuring that women are educated about breast health and that they're able to access screening technology. Um, and so mm-hmm. you know, normally we have a, a lot that goes on during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we actually started in August this year our Back to Screening campaign. Because of the impact of the pandemic, we, we wanted to get that awareness campaign out early, encouraging women to, to schedule their mammograms as, as facilities were starting to reopen. And then in October, we announced a multi-year commitment to decreasing breast cancer screening disparities for black women. Um, as research has shown that Black women are almost 40% more likely to die from breast cancer than non-Hispanic white women. And so in wow. partnership with the Black Women, yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking when you see the statistics. So we partnered with the Black Women's Health Imperative and RAD-AID, and this initiative works to encourage all black women to get annual mammograms beginning at age 40, and it also serves to provide women in underserved communities with access to superior breast cancer screening technology. So this is a space that we are very committed to a Hologic, and I'm very excited to see the progress we'll make here in the coming months and years. Great. Well, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to uh, follow up in a, in a year or two and, and see how things are uh, progressing with that initiative. But that's, that's great, to, uh, great to hear. Um, so unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for this episode of uh, MedTech Matters. I'd like to thank my, my guest, Jennifer Mead from Hologic for all of her insights, all of her fantastic insights on uh, women's health and and breast and skeletal health. Um, And I'd like to thank you, the listener, as always, for for tuning in. So until next time, this has been Sean Fenske of MPO saying thanks for listening.